next time I ride on a on a commercial airliner, I yeah. I will feel. Are we started yet? Yes, we have started. Next Thank time I God, ride, I can, <laughs> you can open the beer now. I opened my beer some time ago. Next time I ride on a commercial airliner, I will feel better knowing the fact that there is a wiki entry on the internet that trains people on <laughs> how to land this airplane in the event of an emergency. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Have you seen like, this? Like, like you're going to print that out and take it with you? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It goes into when, a lot when of all about you are losing their heads. You're literally going to sit down and read this? Yeah, I know. I, so. I mean, it's like. Even if you accept this advice that they're giving, you know, which some of it I'm not sure if I do, but even if you accept that this is good instruction, it's like, how do you deal with you? you know, oh, that's right. I memorized it. I'm all set. Well, think about it for a second. The first time a screener from our totally senseless agency gets a look at the list doing a hand check of your bag and looks you up and down and goes, <laughs> how come you're carrying this, son? Uh, what do you know that we don't know? Uh, excuse me, could we have the anal probe over here? Uh, oh, yeah, I want to be there for that. Yeah, that probably would make them a little nervous, wouldn't it? Huh? I want to be there on the other side of the checkpoint on my way to the gate or at least the gate bar to wait so, for you. Although, all kidding aside, there was an interesting article. Where did I see this? I think somebody in the forums pointed to it, or I got an email from somebody. Um, there are, as we've discovered, or as I've discovered, you maybe knew this all along, there are some diehard flight simulator fans out there, guys who just spend a lot of time flying flight simulators, and 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 not only really get immersed in it and learn how to do it very very you know successfully but will build these amazing rigs you know like you know almost a flight simulator in their bedroom you know with uh, yokes and pedals oh yeah and, you know. right and, and uh, force feedback controls and now they have uh jack screw actuator chairs you know electric drives that uh, right, can roll right. and pitch in and so, uh, uh so one of the guys, one of these these guys, wrote a blog entry where he was talking about how he, you know, it's like he, like yeah, all these guys, you know, they all have these fantasies of you know getting called to the cockpit, and he, of course, always wanted to know whether he could pull it off. But he realistically, I'll give him this much, realistically knew it was unlikely that he would ever get that any of us are ever going to get called to the cockpit. So uh, so what he arranged to do was he found I think he's in Europe, but he found an outfit, a sort of you know flight safety like outfit in Europe that actually sells simulator time to civilians and uh, you can go in and get your whatever hour or half hour or whatever uh, in a 737 simulator with a real uh, 737 instructor who will set you up and, and let you fly the airplane so uh, and he, he writes a quite uh, detailed account of his his experience where he he went in and uh, you know and he met with the instructor and they apparently they they're 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 sort of you know syllabus if you will they they expect these kind of people who are just coming in for a joyride and they kind of give them a tour and you can feel nice and fun and they give them a little flight school but this guy's ready to go all right you know and so he says well no i i know a little bit about this let's go all right and so so the instructor's looking at him funny going yeah okay all right and they get they climb into the simulator and uh and the, the you know the, the instructor says things like you know so what do you want to do thinking it would be the guy would say something like you know should i set it up straight and level cruise or something like that and the guy says and the and the the, the 
flight sim guy goes, no, I'd like you to set me up with an approach to such and such an airport in such an aircraft with, you know, we're going to do this approach and that approach, and he whips out his plates, you know, and uh, and the and the, uh, the instructor's going, uh, okay, all right, and uh, this guy sits down and, like, starts flipping switches and setting up the airplane and getting everything configured, and according to his accounting of the story, uh, actually does a pretty decent job of landing this 737 first time out, all right? And so apparently the instructor didn't particularly like this. So, so, <laughs> so I'm shocked. So, so, so you know they're stopped on the runway, and the instructor now goes, "Well, let's try this," you know. And he starts throwing in little things. You know, let's you know do this kind of. Let's do it at night. Let's do it in the rain. Let's throw some wind in here. You know. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say do it what like like what the uh, what the uh, sim instructor normally does with a normal sim. Well, and I don't think uh, they took customer. it quite it that took. far. But but apparently, Dave, Dave, you know. <laughs> My God, Jack is starting to talk like an instrument pilot. Wait, uh-huh. really? I don't know. That's I, I. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Uh, I, I. It's just an observation. This guy it, it, apparently. It is managed, what it is. This guy is apparently managed to successfully execute about four different approaches and landings. All right. Probably this, did better than I could. Um, you know, because he knew the systems, he knew the procedures. I mean, this is a, you know, we were talking about this a bunch of episodes ago, uh, the, the value of flight simulators, and this guy had the procedures down. He knew, you know, how to operate the systems. He knew what the settings should be. He knew what the speeds and power should be, um, you know, and, uh, you know, in a way, he got called into the cockpit and managed to land the airplane safely and save everybody's life. So uh, it's an interesting story. I, uh um, but he did not depend on this wiki entry um, to to, uh, <laughs> to do it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it does have its generic points, and it, and and it's got a couple of uh, really yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were a few. <laughs> That's a good way to express it. Cessna Uniform Charlie Alpha Papa is cleared to 71 Kilo via Uncontrolled Airspace. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Frequency is once a week, and they squawk for about an hour 20. Cessna Uniform Charlie Alpha Papa, Rebecca is correct. Anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation. Remember your training to fly the airplane. Advise when ready to taxi. Hey, welcome, folks, to episode 129 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. We're recording this episode. I'm about to burp from drinking my beer. Oh, I'm not a Dave burp. It was just a quiet Jack burp. We're recording this episode on Wednesday evening, <laughs> April 8th, 2009. And... Uh, Say hi to my friends who are in the hangar. Uh, one of those voices out there is Dave Higdon, who's talking to us from Wichita, Kansas. Hi, David. Evening, everybody. Uh, all the aviators listening, ships at sea, folks in the airspace who can't hear us, you should be listening. How's everybody? How you doing? How's the weather? Did the snow melt? Oh, you know, that came and went in, in 96 hours and uh, uh, started out uh, chilled this morning. And uh, right now, I'm going to have to say it's about 78 in yeah. blue sky. It, it went from a jacket. Seven, 78 already out there? It went from jacket weather this morning to uh, short sleeve and shorts, which was kind of the source of a distraction earlier. Uh, <laughs> now, now, family podcast. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to sucker us in. It's still not yet Easter here, right anywhere else. 
And a lot of us still don't let our guard down until after Easter because we've all lived to see snow on Easter. Now, admittedly, Easter might have been a little earlier in some years than others, but April snows are not unheard of. But it doesn't feel like it's ever coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right it, now. it definitely feels like winter's over here. It hasn't gotten that warm here yet. but uh, Oh, and you can well, tell the sun's getting higher and the days are a lot longer. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of makes you go, boo, what? Daylight savings time. You know, isn't it great? Also here in the hangar is Jeb Burnside, who's talking to us from Sarasota, Florida. Hi, Jeb. How are you? I am just spiffy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spiffy. Uh, it's hump day. Um, my issue's almost in the can. Uh-huh. Uh, um, things are good. Yeah, that's great. Things are good. Yeah. See, see, you, you, I, see, I'm sorry. Don't you miss winter? Well, it, you know, I, was gonna, I was trying to chip in. It was 46 here this morning. And it did not get to 78 here today. Uh-huh. And it's been windy. It hasn't gotten here. So, you know, it's 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 long sleeve and jeans weather, but that's about it. Um, it's supposed to be at least 80 um, tomorrow and probably will stay that way the week. Hopefully it'll stay that way the weekend. Okay, good, because uh, we're, we're on our way, you know, and you got to, like, get this, know, get this in order here. Because Just remember that there have been mud and funds. Well, there was past. last also. year, as I recall, was it last year or the year before? It was last year. We started out very muddy, very muddy. That's right. So, uh, so about about two years before that, it stayed kind of muddy, uh, but none of that. Not since what was it, nineteen eighty four, eighty three or eighty four, that we officially dubbed the show in the post analysis "Mud and Fun" because it rained buckets. Somewhere to the tune of four of the seven days that the show ran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not constantly, but it would come through in waves, and then it would go away for a few hours, and you'd be walking around lakes. Yeah. And then it would come back. We actually had float planes, float ultralights, I should say, taking off and landing from a 500-foot-long, six-inch-deep puddle in the <laughs> get, ultralight area. Get out of here. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. There's pictures. You can't. You can land an airplane. You can. T- uh, no, I'm not buying. Oh, it. landing's oh, the easy yeah. part. Landing's the easy part. It's not enough to float. It's not enough to get the plane up off the ground. I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't have them in front of me. I'm not sure how I would find them, but I know there are fo- fo- there were photographs published of float planes taking off and landing from wet, grassy areas. Oh yeah. So the uh, you know the six inch deep, five hundred foot long. You know, probably a hundred foot wide puddle, a piece of cake. Interesting. Okay, we're going to be joined by a, uh, another Florida friend in uh, a few minutes, but uh, we'll come back to that in a, in a little bit. I'm and Jack we Hodgson. We don't want that weather this year, by the way. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm talking to you from the home office in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where it's it's Dover. also it's Dover. also not winter Dover. any longer. Um, so what's going on How here? How can you well, tell? Uh, because it hasn't snowed in, in like a couple of weeks. Oh. And, uh, okay, well, that's a good sign. And that's yeah. a very good sign. That's a very good yeah. sign. So we're talking I'm going to talk lot- to Cantori on the Weather Channel, have him come to your hometown. The weather will follow. No, yeah, exactly. You don't want him coming to your hometown. He's he, That's one of the jobs I want, though. Well, we're really getting off aviation now. But uh, <laughs> but what's his name? Joe Cantori? Cantori. Uh, uh, Jim. Jim, Jim Cantori. Jim Cantori. He's got the, one of the best jobs. I just would love that job, to go stand huh. out in hurricanes and, and uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's really blowing out here. 
know. <laughs> my God, a tree just went by. Yeah, I like that. He's topic. on a sound stage in Pacoima. I'm not buying. No, no, no. He's a, he's a real guy. Come on, he's he's out there doing the weather. They hired the same guys they used to fake the moon landing. That's all no, 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 no. Hey, so listen. Speaking of spring, so it's it's uh, it's finally getting to be spring, and uh, our spring uh, is springing. Our, we've either been flying our airplanes in the cold all winter long, or not flying them at all. And uh, you know, our, what should people be thinking about? Um, that that you're returning to flight or your airplane's returning to flight after the winter, um, you know. I mean, mechanically or, or know, uh, just just in general, you know. Uh, uh, how do you how do you know you're ready? Um, well, I first thing I would do is sit down and think about it. Yeah. And and what do you th- uh, I mean, what kinds of things do you think about? What what's well, what, are, what are the concerns? I'm, uh, what, what, what I'm going to think about what I want to do, what I want what I want to accomplish. Um, do I just want to get the wheels off the ground? Um, do I want to get, you know, proficient? What do I want to do here? Are you going to uh, go someplace? Or yeah. You just am, I, am I? Do I have a trip in mind? Um, you know, what 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 do I want to do here? What's my mission? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, figure, look back on on my recent flying, um, what kind of flying I have done, and how it compared to what I want to do, how well I did it. Um, the last time I tried it, uh, things like that. Um, I, I, you know, just try to think a little bit inside my head for a little while, realistically assess uh, where I am, uh, what I think I need to do to to be where I want to be. If you think you're already there uh, and you go out and bust your ass, don't call me. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, you know, just think long and hard about what you want to accomplish and how fast you want to get to it. Make a plan and and go for it. Uh, just you, you know, you. I think pilots know more about how um, current they are uh, than um, than some other people do. And yep. if they just if they just sit down and think about you know, is this you know is this really a smart thing or you know if you want to take a lighthearted look at it, am I going to be able to to defend this at the NTSB hearing? Mm-hmm. And sort of, you got an airplane that might have been sitting for weeks. Uh, that's a whole different issue. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that I'd want to look at in the airplane before I went anywhere. Right. What, this what is are, this is this is on top of the stuff Jeb's talking about. Right. Yeah. So let's yeah. before before we leave Jeb's subject here. What are the sorts of things that you can become rusty about? Um, you know, as a, well, as a pilot. Well, this, this time of year, um, it's it's windy. It's been very windy here at Hidden River. Um, yeah. My airplane is still down at Venice because I haven't a I haven't had time to go get it. B when I have had time to go get it, um, the weather sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to get it back in here, so it, it's better off where it is, and and I'm better off that it's where it is, and and everything's right with the world as far as I'm concerned. But I'll get it this weekend when the weather lightens up. It's just been very windy here, you know, pretty much for the last three or four days. Um, so crosswinds and and just. Just the stiffer winds that you encounter in spring, uh, relative to to times of year when you might be more accustomed to flying. Um, obviously, with the spring comes uh, awakening, and that awakening includes birds. If you happen to be tied down outside, the first thing you do, well, actually, before you even get to the airplane, you look at it as you walk up to it. 
you know, is there anything hanging out of it that wasn't hanging out of it last time? Yeah. Uh, you know, look, look looking air, specifically air for bird's tires nest. And- yeah. Does it have air in the tires? Is there Are there bird droppings anywhere around the airplane that bear, you know, additional investigation? Um, you know, are the windows clear, yada, yada, yada. Um, you definitely want to open up the cowling. Um Probably, you know, on some aircraft that uh, uh, it's a, it's laborious to take the cowling off. I think you probably still ought to do it. Mm-hmm. If the yeah. airplane's been sitting. Um, obviously, if you can't take, see all the way back to the back baff or back uh, uh, cooling baffle, right? The flashlight. And uh, even if you can, if you can't see behind can, that back cooling baffle, but if you can yeah. see all the way back to there and see that it's actually clear. If you can get somebody to shine light up from beneath uh-huh. and get light through it, yeah, maybe you'd fly it without taking a cowling off. Otherwise, I'd go out to the airport an hour early and just endure the hassle. Uh-huh. It, you need to open it up. You're yeah, going to need to check really the do. fluids in it, uh-huh. uh, brake fluid level, oil level. Dave? Hang on. Dave, you there? You back yet? Hey, Dave. Yeah. Okay, you back now? I guess so. Yeah, you were gone for a little bit there. So you were listing the things that you should check: uh, uh, brakes, oil. What else? Yeah, you need to check brakes. You need to check the oil. Uh, you want to look and make sure nothing's been chewed on, nothing's leak. You know, you want to look for fresh leaks or signs of you know winter long leaks. Uh, look at boots, like where the steering rods for the nose wheel come through the firewall. Uh, it can get damned hot inside the airplane if one of those boots is rotted out over the winter and you start getting hot cooling air coming through there and it's not going to get any cooler as the summer comes along uh look inside little obvious places if you can see inside like the uh the back uh spar ahead of ailerons and flap hinges if there's openings in there you want to take a look in there and make sure that something hasn't moved in and nested down uh, same way, you know, look behind the luggage compartment back on the tail. Uh, make sure there's air in it. Check the struts. Uh, look, at a fuel, look at a fuel tanks. Give them a good shake. Make sure there's no water in it. Uh, run it up, cool it down, and check everything again, and then go flying. Yeah. So, I mean, one, one thing I would add that is so often neglected is take a good look at the prop. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, even if it's, even if it's a fixed pitch, um, you know, run your fingers up and down the leading edges very gently, very carefully. You don't want the prop to move. Uh, obviously, you know, the bags are switched off and you've got the keys in your pocket. Um, gently check it for abrasions, for rough spots, for nicks. Um, if there's anything you have a question about, um, consult a, a technician, someone who knows what he's doing. I did an article for Consumer, God, it's it's been, you know, I don't know, maybe a year ago, uh, on how to stay out of the prop shop, mm-hmm. and talked to a lot of prop shop guys, and, and some of it was just fascinating, that stuff that I didn't know after, you know, 30-some-odd years, um, and, you know, get, one of the things that I, I came away from that with was uh, um, the best thing you can do for a prop, especially one that sits outside is to keep a thin layer of motor oil on it. Just take an oily rag and, and wipe it down very carefully but very thoroughly uh, so that there's just this very thin layer of oil. It helps prevent corrosion, and corrosion is really what kills props 
quickest, other than dumb pilot tricks. Mm-hmm. Well, a uh, pilot told me once, old, old mechanic pilot told me once that that thin layer of oil is not only a good idea for corrosion, he says, but a lot of birds don't like to sit on a thin layer of oil. Yeah. Uh, he, he credited it with helping keep birds from landing on the prop at all. Yeah, they, they land on the prop and they slide right off the end, right? And they... Yeah, that that explains a great deal. Actually, some <laughs> yeah, stuff it, it, I know, found that, around that, my airplane. That's why all those birds, <laughs> all those birds are bird feathers are stuck in the, the uh, spinner. So the upshot is, we want to do a super duper pre flight. We really do. Oh yeah. Not only want to check no tams. You want to make sure your charts and plates are up to date because guaranteed something changed somewhere if you're going anywhere. Oh yeah, big time. Update your GPS database. Um, you know, get your Now's logbook a good out. time, sure. Yeah, get your logbook out. Make sure you know you're legal or uh, what you're not legal for, and 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 kind of make a list. Add that to your your uh, your overall plan of what you want to try to accomplish here to get back into the flying season. And there's um, nothing embarrassing about getting a little duel with somebody. That's, well, that's I I didn't yeah I I, I kind of meant you know do you, if you need to get current. Like if you need an IPC or or uh, even maybe if, some even night if you don't, if you just feel yeah. a little bit like you know, uh, there's some things I haven't done. Even when I was flying regular, I haven't done for a while, and I haven't flown for a while. Just not a bad time to go out and spend an hour with a CFI and work on some fundamentals. Uh, you know, even if it's something as uh, uh, fundamental, boy, there's the word again, as uh, you know, turns around a point. You may need to hold some place that you didn't expect to or want to have the control to insert yourself very nicely into a busy traffic pattern. Uh, but something to let you knock the rust off with another set of eyes and hands in the airplane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Good advice. Good advice. So uh, we were talking earlier, Sun and Fun's coming. Uh, as we record this on uh, on April, whatever today is, April 8th, uh, so the week, <laughs> the week after next. Uh, There's uh, that memory thing again, Jeb. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not a memory. It's, uh, I, I haven't forgotten at all the fact that uh, I don't know what date it is. I always have to look. Um, <laughs> he so, remembers uh, he's forgotten. I think it's just life. We're heading on down to uh, Florida. We're all going to gather. We're going to uh, uh, have some fun doing the podcast and, and checking out airplanes. Uh, I think we each have a list of things that... Uh, wait, 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 wait. wait a you and Dave both are coming down to Florida? Get ready. Has the local... I, I need to alert the local constabulary. Uh, that was your um, task. Uh, we gave oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm we're, sorry. We're both coming down under false names so that not to you know get picked up on bench warrants. I'm uh, optimistic. Uh, yeah. right. Sales so, uh, warrants or anything else that warrants attention. Uh-huh. More to the point today is uh, we wanted to invite a friend of ours into the virtual hangar to uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on down there. Joining us now in the virtual hangar is our uh, our great old friend from, uh, well, our friend from Lakeland, Florida, but uh, d- from Sun and Fun, the chairman of Sun and Fun Radio, Dave Schalbetter is here. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Good, good. So just uh, we need to check on uh, uh, locations here. Uh, you're yet another Florida guy. You live in Florida year-round, right? What what part of Florida are you in now? I'm in the southeast part of Florida right now. I live in a little town called Hypoluxo, which is near the West Palm Beach area. Uh-huh. Uh, pick up your airport codes, Lantana Airport, or Lantana Airpark, uh-huh. L-N-A. It's uh-huh. the closest airport. 
to me. Yeah. Now, as a result, you get to uh, to motor on up to uh, Lakeland a number of times throughout the year to uh, do prep and so forth for uh, for the radio station. Uh, when when's the when were you there most recently? My most recent trip was the end of February for the volunteer meeting. They uh-huh. have three different volunteer meetings every year: January, February, and March. I went up for the January meeting, and I went up for the February meeting. I was uh, unfortunately I had to be in I had to be in the Keys for the for the March meeting, so I couldn't make that one. Ah, uh, you Florida folks have it so rough. I don't know how you put up with it. Hey, uh, so uh, we we really appreciate your inviting us back to do the podcast from the radio station this again this year. We're really looking forward to it. And uh, again, we're surprised and amazed because you know the the petitions we heard circulating, uh, we didn't figure it would happen again. Well, you know there wasn't any problem at all. I really enjoyed the show. You know the ref- the refuse raiders were uh, asking about you know why we got all these Heinekugel bottles here though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're really looking forward to it, and uh, we're also looking forward to working with some of our aviation podcast brethren who are going to be uh, to be uh, also participating in the radio station this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about the podcasting thing in a second, Dave. But why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Sun and Fun Radio in general and what you guys sort of have uh, in the works for this year's uh, event? Well, Sun and Fun Radio is a 15:10 a.m. Traveler's Information Station. Um, it's actually people are surprised to hear that it's active year-round. Um, if you're anywhere near the Lakeland Airport, you can tune into 15:10 and hear what's going on at the field and information about Sun and Fun, Bay Studios, everything else that's going on there. And uh, usually try and keep the dates for the events on. Um, just a loop, probably about a 15-minute loop for the year-round stuff. But for one week out of the year, we pretend that it's, we're a real radio station. We, uh, we do an uh, overnight programming, and then we start in the morning with live programming. We're on the air doing information on stuff going on on Sun and & Fun and do interviews. We've got a great, great series of interviews lined up again this year. Um, then we go, we do a remote broadcast of the FAA and, and, you know, Obi will kill me if I get this wrong. It's the FAA Production Studios at the FAF Team National Resource Center. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is it with the government agencies? They've got to have these big old long names. Anyhow, um, we, do a, we do a remote broadcast of the FAA seminar, and then we do the remote broadcast of the air show. We carry the air show commentary every day, so if you can't uh, be within range of the PA system, you can always... Tune to fifteen ten a.m. and hear the air show. Mm-hmm. And then this year, we're just we are really excited about. I'm personally really excited about the podcasting stuff going on. Um, in in years past, we kind of ended our broadcast day uh, live broadcasting when the air show came on, and then after the air show, we'd go to a loop, and then we'd come back for the remote broadcast of the evening program. This year, because things have gone so well with you guys. Uh, and your oh, podcast cool. has been so well received. I've decided to add podcasts to our lineup this year, and we've got uh, we've got a lot of good people coming in. We have you guys on Tuesday, and you know I don't have my laptop in front of me, but uh, give you the schedule. I know we have. Uh, they may not be in this order, but we've got uh, Jason Miller coming in. Do Jason the finer points, right? That's correct. Yep. Right. 
And we have Will Hawkins and Dave of the Pilot's Flight Log podcast. God bless you. Somebody else who can't get the name right. I I believe the proper name is the Pilot's (laughs) Flight Pod Log. Uh, but they they named it funny just to trip up people like you and me. That's uh, and yeah, that's Will Hawkins and Dave Allen, uh, David Allen, and uh, that's on uh, what? You let the secret out. I thought I thought that uh, David kept his last name secret. No longer. Sorry. <laughs> we use our full names here. I don't know whether that's true or not. All I know is that I use his na- full you, name. You can past. you can edit that out. Mark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's on. Uh, <laughs> but did you use it in vain? It's on Thursday evening. What comes next? And you got you got Steve. Uh, what is it? Airspeed, right? Stephen Force of, of, Airspe- of the Airspeed Steve podcast. Yep. That's that's on. And actually, Steve Steve is a is a familiar voice on Fun and Fun. He uh, contacted me last year before the fly-in and said, you know, I really want to volunteer. I really want to help. What can I do to help? And I said, you know, I really like your voice. You've got a good announcer's voice. How about if I send you some copy to record announcements for me? And I sent him. He he did all these recordings for me and everything else. And I'm like, oh, man, these are great. Thanks. I really look forward to seeing you at the fly-in. Oh, well, I'm not going to make it this year. <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. Like, yeah, he, was, okay. he, he didn't even make it there last year. But uh, he is going to be there this year, of course. And he's going to be there this year. He's going to be working with us uh, at the radio station. He's coming to volunteer at the radio station, which is really cool. Yep. And um, actually, Very David cool. Allen is going to be volunteering at the radio station, too, above and beyond the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, they're, so they're going to come in, and they're going to, they're going to put some time down on uh, you know, Jack. I'm hoping that uh, you'll be back again and volunteer with us. It was a real... Big pleasure to hand you your very first volunteer patch last year, so uh, hopefully look forward to doing that again. I'm absolutely going to be there. You bet. And then, All right. Uh, and then on Friday evening, we're going to do something uh, uh, a, a little different, a little the same, but we're going to have uh, what we're sort of informally calling the Sun and Fun uh, first gathering of the aviation podcasters, where uh, any and all aviation podcasters that are in town um, are going to, we're going to do a kind of a big panel session and just kind of do a big uh, uh, podcast hangar flying session on uh, Friday. Needs a name. It needs a name. It needs a name, I know. But we're, it needs a name. We're still, I, I kind of like Gathering of Aviation Podcasters. Yeah, that's something like that. But Dave likes funky names like, you know, yeah, oh, never mind. Like Dave. Something that will fit on a bumper sticker. That's right, yeah. So it's yeah, going right. to be a it's going to be a great re- week on the radio station for sure. And uh, it is. It's going to be a great week. We're looking. We're really looking forward to it. I tell you, I was going over my volunteer list. I've got twenty nine volunteers this year. Wow. And then. Add the podcasters in there. That adds another ten. We're going to have close to forty people working in the radio station this year. That's really exciting. You're going to need to. You're going to need to stock up on a lot of waffle batter, I guess. Right? It's, <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, <laughs> that's the funny thing. I I buy the waffle batter from a distributor that has a warehouse right across the road from my my place, and uh, you know, it comes. I think I get I get six bags of mix in a in a case. And now these aren't like your home bags. These are the restaurant bags. You know, a dozen eggs, a pound of butter, a quart of water. So you imagine how much waffle mix that makes. So we will wow. have plenty of waffles. Uh, you, you know, know? F- for our listeners, I, I, I mentioned this last year uh, right around Sun and Fun time, but yeah. uh, it, it bears repeating that um, if you are a volunteer at uh, Sun and Fun Radio, you get uh, the best perk, I swear, in all of Flying Land, um, which is the, the waffles <laughs> that they make. I, you know, well, you know, I didn't. 
I didn't you know. You haven't been I, doing I, this very long, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, these are terrific. These are terrific. I, you know, I, when I first started hanging out at the radio stations, people men- mentioned waffles. I'm going, okay, that's nice, you know, waffles. But I'm not really a big waffle person normally, so I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And then one morning, I was particularly hungry, so I said, I'll try out these waffles. They were awesome. I just thought they were great. So uh, this is... But the- I think, I don't think it's out of, I don't think it's out of the spectrum of possibility or probability that there's a correlation between the reputation of the radio station waffles and the volunteer workforce explosion that has occurred in, in the last year. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everyone's there for the waffles. And and fun and fun, you know, a big part of fun and fun, this was our 35th annual, a big part of fun and fun all along has been the Southern hospitality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I will I will extend an invitation here to any UCAP listeners. Ooh. You guys are hearing me on UCAP right now. You stop by the radio station and say, I heard Dave on UCAP, and he told me that if I came by and said that, I'd get a waffle. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. I, now, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to be curious how this goes. Yeah, I know. This is going to be good. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we keep we make those jokes all last year, and we kept making jokes on the air about the waffles. And and Bonnie said something to me. Bonnie Higby, my, my co-hostess on the morning show, said something to me about, you know, well, you're, you're going to make our audience hungry for waffles. And I said, well... You want a waffle? Come on down to the radio station. And one day, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, this guy shows up and says, Is this where I come for the waffles? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, but you need to come during breakfast hours. (laughs) That has got to be one of the worst examples of delayed reaction ever to come across. Important important safety tip. Come during the breakfast hour. There you go. Yeah, come within a couple of minutes of when you hear that. You hear that at 9.30 in the morning, and suddenly at 3 o'clock, the light bell goes off and went, damn, I could have gotten a free waffle. I hope they're still there. <laughs> yeah. So, David, so, David I'll, I, I'll, I'll extend a free waffle to any UCAP listener that hears me on UCAP and comes by and says, I heard Dave on UCAP, and he said I get a free waffle. Uh, that's awesome. Thank that's you very much. So, David, obviously the radio station is your primary beat, and, and, and it's where your focus is throughout the week. But, but can you tell us anything about some of the highlights that are expected for the show, the fly-in overall? What are, what are some of the, the, the big things that are going to be happening down in Lakeland this year? Well, I'm glad you asked, because in my little hands here, I've got Fun and Fun 2009 Highlights cheat sheet, so I can rattle off the list. I'm I'm prepared here. What what are the the odds of that happening? I know, really. (laughs) Tell us, what's what's going to be cool? The first thing is, of course, this year we're going to have Army Golden Knights Parachute Team performing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This was the 50th anniversary of the Golden Knights, so this will be a real good Good show. Yeah, I've, I've seen them in years past and always enjoyed them. So they always put on a good show. Isn't 50 um, a golden anniversary? It's a golden, golden nights show. Right. It's a golden, so golden go. nights show. Yeah. Okay. Golden, golden. All right. All right. Um, we've got the another one of our features this year is going to be an unlikely reunion, recon, uh, reconciliation in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I heard about uh, this. Tell story, us. Really interesting story. Uh, General Dan Cherry of the U.S. Air Force 
was flying over Vietnam, and he met Hong Mai. They engaged in aerial battle, and Hong Mai was shot down. Thirty-six years later, they met on live television in Vietnam, and they became instant friends. This is one that I really want to see myself. I I want to go. They're doing a bunch of stuff all through the week, Wednesday through Saturday. There's going to be a bunch of different events happening. There's going to be an evening program on Wednesday. There's going to be a museum lecture. There's going to be book signings. So that's going to be really interesting, and that's one I want to see myself. So I'm going to have to break myself away from a waffle maker for a while for that one. One of the interesting things you're going to see out on the field this year is we're having a gathering of Grumman amphibious aircraft. We're going to have a duck, goose, mallard, widgeon, and an albatross. Ooh, cool. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be really neat. You know, those are beautiful aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It just so happens this year during the fly-in that Earth Day is April 22nd during the fly-in, so there's going to be Earth Day activities all week at the fly-in. We're going to have F-16 and F-18 demo teams. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can't forget our daily air show. I mean, that is the best of the best to come down and volunteer their time to do their air show performance at Sun and Sun and put on a fabulous show every day. Now, my understanding is that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the air show will begin at 3 and end at approximately 6. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the air show begins at 2 and runs until about 6. And then don't forget the night air show on Friday the 24th with fireworks. That's, that is really neat. Uh, you guys have seen night shows? Yeah. It, is one of, it is one of my favorite moments in any show every year. Is in, you know the the night aerobatics and then the fireworks show, and just the fact that there's you know all these tens of thousands of people roaming around the grounds after dark. Uh, it just has such a different character. And one of the neat things too is that an air show during the daytime is thrilling. I mean, and and, and it's exciting. It gets your blood pumping, and you're watching these airplanes. And when I first saw my night show, I was thinking to myself, this was going to be really exciting and borderline terrifying, you know, watching them do this at night. But the amazing thing is, it's really calming, and it's really gorgeous. It's it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, so is. that's the night air show on Friday night. And make sure you, you hang around. And see, now that, that gives us people a good thing to do. You hang out for the daytime air show. The daytime air show ends. Stay tuned to Sun and Fun Radio and listen to our gathering of aviation podcasters that's right and that'll actually fill up the time we're going to take the time between the day show and the night show for that on friday so that's that's going to be a good day friday and of course saturday morning at dawn or shortly thereafter we're going to have our hot hot air balloon lunch and that's going to be interesting that's always neat to see i like to try and get a high vantage point to watch them lift off yeah, and I'm praying. I'm praying year. for north. I'm praying for northeast winds, north northeast. It's just so much more fun. They drift over the campground. Well, it blows the balloons back across the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting. It, you know, I keep forgetting just, that the campground is now out at the west end. You know, I I remember the early days when the campground was uh, right about where the Cessna building is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When um, there was only one building down there. Yeah, there's a shower house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our evening programs this year, you know, Sun and Sun does a great lineup of evening programs. Uh, we're going to have John and Martha King, Patty Wagstaff, 
and, a, and the Kenya Wildlife Service on Tuesday. That promises to be a really good show. They're talking about what the Wildlife Service does in Kenya, and that's going to be a great show. And then I mentioned before the unlikely reunion. That's going to be on Wednesday night. And AOPA's new president, Craig Fuller, is going to be addressing in, in their traditional uh, annual town hall meeting they hold every year at Sun and Fun. That's going to be on Thursday night. Now, Friday, they have aviation-themed movies in production. This is new because usually we don't have an evening program on Fridays because of the night air show. But uh, so if you're not into the night air show, you can go by and see the aviation-themed movies in production seminar on Friday night. And then Saturday, this guy has got to be one of my all-time favorite CFIs, Rod Machado. Mm-hmm. He's doing a he's doing a presentation Saturday night. Have you ever sat in on one of Rod's presentations? He, he is very educational, and the best thing about Rod is that he uses humor to teach because everybody can remember a joke, but you have a hard time remembering your lessons. So Rod has a great way of combining the two, and um, Rod's going to be stopping by the studio during the week and saying hello and stuff. So we look forward to seeing Rod and seeing his presentation Saturday night at the newly named AOPA Pavilion at the Florida Air Museum. Yeah, we're really, really happy. AOPA has really stepped up to the plate. A great organization, great people, and uh, they're they're a major sponsor of Sun and Fun this year. And so we're really glad to have AOPA on board. And, of course, while you're at Sun and Fun, you can't forget that we're doing over 450 educational forums, We've got the hands-on workshops. We've got all of our 500-plus commercial exhibitors. And the best part is airplanes and pilots. You know, you can walk around and talk to pilots. A lot of pilots hang out by their planes that they have on display. So you can ask people questions and learn about the aircraft and stuff. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great time. And uh, somebody stood up at one of the volunteer meetings. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was Bill Eikhoff that said he back in January that he put in an order for good weather for that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Bill ordered, Bill ordered good weather for the week. So let's hope that Bill's well, order comes through. I'm, I'm convinced. Yeah. Well, so that's, that sounds great. I mean, we knew we were looking forward to it. That makes it sound even more exciting. Um, we've been a little vague about the specific dates. Can you tell us the, the precise dates that we're talking about here? The precise dates we're talking about are April 21st, which is a Tuesday, through April 26th, which is a Sunday. Yep. And uh, people could arrive um, as early as, uh, like, what time in the morning do the gates open? Do you know? I believe you're going to hit me with a question. I don't have the answer at my fingertips. I know that the parking lot, oh, that's something new this year. Um, Sun and Fun will be charging for parking in the general admission parking area. Uh, okay. Uh, Five dollars a day or twenty bucks for the week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, volunteers, um, you know, Sun and Fun guests and stuff are given special passes to the uh, what they traditionally have called the yellow lot, and right. that will get you in where you don't have to uh, right. you don't have to pay for the parking there. Yeah. I believe uh, the uh, I believe the official opening of the official gates is seven a.m. Uh, most days and in reality if you come in earlier than that what you're going to find is uh, uh, unchallenged access for the most part 
Yeah, I mean, if you can be there in the morning, it's an awesome come, yeah. time of day because the, the, the heat of the day hasn't arrived yet, and it's quieter. There aren't as many people around, but per, per, for the most part, all of the exhibitors are already around, and, uh, you know, I, I like the mornings a lot. Well, there's a, there's a number of vehicle gates that are staffed 24-7 during, starting before the show actually starts. Yeah. Oh. And and you got to get there in the morning for the waffles. So uh so that's <laughs> got to do the waffles. That's the other reason to uh to uh, make it there early. Well, David, thank you. Appreciate uh, we we thank you in advance for uh being our host uh, yes. again this year. Uh it's been a blast in the past and I expect no less this year. And uh thanks for coming on the podcast and joining us in the hangar here and filling us in on on uh, on what we can got to look forward to uh and uh we look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks now, and uh, get get the waffles ready, and uh, get the radio station ready because we're gonna we're gonna do some fun stuff at the radio station this year. Hey, buddy, take it easy. Bye bye. Well, that was great having David join us. Uh, we appreciate he managed to take a few minutes here. Uh, he's been, you know, I, like all of these folks who who are are volunteering at uh, at Sun and Fun. Uh, it's been very busy. Uh, spring getting ready and uh, uh, planning all the events and getting everything scheduled so uh, it was great for him to take a couple minutes and and talk with us and uh, we're looking forward to visiting Lakeland in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's been doing it a long time. I was just sitting here thinking, trying to remember how long how long ago we met David as a Sun and Fun volunteer and I want to say 1982-83. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he's been doing it a while. He's been doing it a while. Not the radio station the whole time, but no, but uh, but he's been a volunteer from from a long time ago. He was a grass. Oh, it was volunteer. a family thing. Yeah, I mean, he's right. grown up in this. Yeah. His mom, his mom for years was who pumped the gas for our vehicles at Oshkosh. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on. Uh, let's see now. So, uh, interesting bit of news uh, in the uh, in the news lately. Uh, in the last couple of days. Um, a story, uh, uh, we heard, I think I heard this story a couple months ago for the first time, and then it kind of went away, and it surfaced again uh, today or the day before about the possibility of uh, 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 Cessna being purchased. Cessna and I believe Bell Helicopter are part of the bigger company Textron. Am I right about that? Right. And, uh, you are correct. And uh, the rumor a couple Light, months ago. coming also. Okay, oh, really? Okay. And, and Macaulay. And the room, the yeah. the uh, propeller folks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The rumor a couple of months ago was that Textron was thinking of uh, selling these for various cash management, you know, reasons, and then it never happened. But now the rumor surfaced again, um, and it's specifically naming. Uh, and this is the thing I thought was interesting. It's specifically named as potential buyers for uh, some portion of of Textron's GA business, um, Lockmart and uh, and Raytheon, and. Uh, my comment about Raytheon is 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 that Raytheon just got out of the GA business. I, they they well they, I, they they're, still in a, they're still in a lot of defense oriented business. They're still in aerospace. They didn't get sold yeah. out with they didn't get sold out with what's now Hawker Beach. Yeah, right. So so that's an interesting idea that that Raytheon might might end up owning Cessna, um, and the idea that that. Uh, that Lockmart might end up owing Cessna is actually just semi horrifying. You know, there's an awful <laughs> lot of there, yeah, there's, really there's an awful lot of blue sky in this reporting. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it reads to me, in my limited experience as a journalist, it reads to me like somebody took a list of companies that they think have cash 
or resources deep enough to buy out Textron because that's really what these stories were about is Textron being a buyout candidate after Textron itself said that it might be selling off some of its elements. Uh, And then you see how the stock prices run up in the wake of the rumors. And, you know, a a cynical body has to sit back and said, who said that these companies might buy that company? Mm -hmm. Who? On what basis? So you think it's something else and they're just kind of floating balloons and trying to well, there's there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, uh, Textron's people have said this that they may wind up selling some of the elements of the company, which includes Cessna and Bell helicopter and Lycoming engines and also Easy Go golf carts uh, and a bunch of uh, uh, consumer stuff uh, and some controls and. Uh, only a limited amount of this stuff is a really good fit with some of these companies that were mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lockmart and, and Raytheon, to be specific. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not rushing out to buy Textron stock on the idea that it may get jammed up and 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 wedged into a deal with one of these outfits. On the other hand, it's not inconceivable to me to see Cessna. Uh, Cessna sold to another large corporate entity, uh, and I would think with it some of the component suppliers that make uh, Cessna aircraft generally such good deals on the piston end, in particular, Lycoming engines, Macaulay propellers. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything they build in the piston line is Lycoming engine and Macaulay propellers. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll just kind of wait and see, uh, but it's kind of an interesting idea that... Uh I don't know. See, I'm a Cessna guy, so this is really close to my heart. It makes me nervous. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Companies like this don't come along for sale all that often. And to have one put in play the way its owner, you know, kind of backhandedly did. Uh, You know, nobody's rushing to buy out Mooney, for example. Right. And we really don't know anybody's rushing to buy out Cessna right now either. Uh, It's got a great backlog still. Despite after everything that's happened, it's got great products in development for when the recovery is in full steam. They're going to be very well positioned with competitive products. Uh, But, uh, you know, right now, I can't imagine Textron distress pricing Cessna given how well it continues to perform despite the downturn in the market. So. Yeah, I, I, Cessna would seem to me to be throwing off a pretty good bit of cash when things are clicking, and uh, you know, they're not going to click here for a year. But you know, after a year, unless Textron is that strapped for cash, I don't know why it makes sense for them to to put Cessna on the block. Uh, well, you could say the same about Lycoming and Macaulay and um, and everything else there too. Um, you know. Macaulay is, I'm, I'm sure, a much, much smaller company than uh, uh, than Cessna. So why, why bother? Oh yeah, you know, right. It's almost uh, not the uh, the uh, Lycoming product line still has some pretty good demand. Right. Experimental market, aftermarket, and OEM market still. Mm-hmm. 
Bell, Bell Helicopters probably you know the the, the brand name you want to talk to if you're interested in a helicopter. So well, and uh, they produce some military hardware that doesn't come from anywhere else. I don't, I don't get it. So you know, yeah. okay. uh, good luck well, we'll, to them. Whatever they want to do, we'll keep an eye on it. But, and see what happens. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. there's one bottom line at the end of all this. Yeah. None of the none of these badges are going away. The world isn't that near an end. Badges. I, I wouldn't oh, yeah, say the same thing, yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. Mooney. I wouldn't say the same thing about Mooney right now. Uh, yeah. Mooney has kind of staggered from one, uh, you know, one. Uh, uh, What's that machine that they use to jolt your heart back into life again? One defibrillator start after another over the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, isn't Mooney? It's Mooney's been longer than 20, though, Dave. Yeah. Remember back? Yeah, that's it's true. been since the 70s, if not the 60s. And, and yeah. It, it's a wonder that the line has done as well as it has to survive this long. Yeah. And, and Mooney's basically in hibernation right now, right? I mean, in terms yes, of new airplanes. Completely. Completely, yeah. They're not producing, I don't believe. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. We'll keep an eye on this and uh, see what happens. But uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, way the economy is. People are talking about this stuff, which well, it's you know, it's one of those. Boy, that's a that's a two beer conversation talking about Textron, Cessna, Lycoming, Mm -hmm. uh, Macaulay. You know, being in play makes me want to drag together my portfolio and say. I wonder how much I could leverage to buy out Cessna because I could sure make myself happy in just about two short years. There you go. There you go. Moving on here. Uh, interesting story over the last couple, last week or so about uh, some tests and some programs to try and prove that you can operate your basic general aviation uh, piston engine on 94 uh, octane unleaded gas, right? I mean, is that am I understanding the story correctly? Is that... You are you are understanding it correctly. Is this a, is this good? Is this bad? Is this just a just a promotion, a stunt? Well, it, um, or? it's it's good. It's it's good. It's a promotion. You know, the idea uh, is that this would replace you, instead of hundred low lead, you would use ninety four right. unleaded. Right, right. ninety four unleaded is approved fuel. It's been around yeah. for a number of years. Uh, it was not developed intended as replacement for hundred low lead. I don't believe. Right. Uh, but well, it was developed. I, I get the impression a, that it was actually. Was it okay? Um, they're well, flying a G thirty six. Well, you see, now that's the thing. There, that's, that's an IO five fifty. I know that's what's made this a little curious. That's what made this big news was that they well, flew a G thirty six with an IO five fifty. You're correct there uh-huh. on a fuel that. A few months ago, the official line was you couldn't fly that engine safely well, on unleaded fuel. Look, I mean, given a long enough runway, I'll put regular yeah. unleaded in mine and I'll get it off the ground. Yeah, but you know what big, I mean. Big whoop. Is, I might not be able. To, I might not be able to use the engine again afterward. Yeah, but this but, this, this um, is from a company that's part of an industry that has been. You know, using the big boogeyman scare about using unleaded auto fuel in 80 octane airplane engines for well, damn near 30 years. I understand that. And with what, no my, ill my, effect my, ever detected or, 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 or claimed from a crash or an accident. And then we got this fuel that supposedly 
you know, if if this fuel was meant for that kind of engine, why did it take them like three years to finally get around to testing it? Well, back up. I, there's there's just a premise here that I have to address before we go any further on here. Um, supposedly, there's all this pressure on the Environmental Protection Agency to do away with 100 low lead. Okay. Show right, me right, where right, that pressure is. Right. It ranks you know, right up there with Obama's going to take our guns and ammo, haven't you right, heard? You know, it's a it, myth. It's, no, it's, I understand it's, that. It's one, yeah, it's, it's one of these things that I, I don't understand because the only place I see this is in general aviation. In general aviation saying this, and I'm not sure I, I really get it. And I, certainly... We're all in favor of a, of an alternative to 100 low lead, uh, but I don't Absolutely. see any huge amount of pressure coming down from EPA or anybody else mm-hmm. except I think, I uh, think from within to come think, up with a 100 low lead alternative. Think I think it's, it's Pavlovian, Pavlovian paranoia. It has happened on smaller scales in the past. There was a regional administrator of the EPA that went on a vendetta against 100 low lead back during the Clinton years uh, that has that created a, a, a fear of something similar like that happening on a national scale that never went away. Uh, recognizing that the the petroleum companies would love to have it go away because of the special handling it takes would love to have an unleaded alternative because it would reduce the special handling by itself uh what 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 i keep coming up with is 94 ul has been out there for a long time uh-huh. And we've heard how these engines couldn't be safely run on unleaded fuels for a long time, or at least available. And okay. why all of a sudden is this engine? Why all of a sudden is this like work? One of my points also. One of my points also about you know, um, okay, so what is um, you know? I, I'd like to see the uh, the engine parameters from from that that flight, you know. Again, I can fly my airplane on regular unlet if I really had to, but well, that doesn't mean I want to, and that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to use the airplane again. But well, but you, you why, flying, why it, did you flying it is not the maker of the engine endorsing this that. by putting out a video about it saying, look what we can do. I understand that, but I can do okay. that too. Okay, we, we, is my well, point, you my could, but line. at the end of what, the NTSB investigation, we'd all say, well, he was a wacko anyway. Dave, what has changed... To make them want to do this now, I don't know what it is. Is there something new in 94UL? Well, you and I are both concerned about two big W's. You want to know what's changed. I want to know why. Well, same thing. I want thing. to know why all of a sudden this kind yeah. of fuel is, is, is not only so okay that you make a video. You, know, you didn't run out and fly this in secret. You flew this, and then you made a video saying, look what we can do. Mm-hmm. Why suddenly is this cool? Well, I think you're both yeah. asking the All same question, if you ask me. But, it uh, was not. Yeah. It is an interesting question. I, I, we need to move along here. But uh, oh. before we move too far off, this just tell, is 94UL, this, it's not the same gas that they sell in automobile service stations at this time. That's right? correct. It's a different. So it's, it's, a it's a still a unique product. that. Uh, that yes, uh, but it's a unique product that lacks a scarce, expensive. Got it difficult to manage ingredient that's absent from virtually all other motor fuels outside diesel all other gasolines out there hadn't had lead in decades 
Okay. Sure. Well, what, one other thing, and we, and we can't we, we can't walk away from this quite yet, Jack. Sorry. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, one other thing here, though, and and I just finished doing some research for an upcoming article um, on the ethanol content in fuels, mm-hmm. um, and you know renewable content requirements, things of this sort. Um, if anything, talking about MoGas. Talking about MoGas yeah. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is is the 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 pressure on uh, marketers, petroleum marketers, to blend in ethanol uh-huh. comes from a lot of different points on the compass, and uh, it is increasingly difficult to find um, unleaded without alcohol in it, mm, without ethanol right. in it, uh, and ethanol. Uh, is like pouring acid into your your airplane's uh, fuel system. It it will not. It, it'll, it'll increase yeah, costs. We, it'll 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 be a safety problem. Uh, we there's talked a about lot that of different issues. Or two back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of issues with ethanol in in aviation fuels, and um, you know if anything, uh, that to me is a greater danger, a greater. Future there, threat. There, we, we've some disappearance there are aircraft out there that run solely on ethanol. Right. They've been built and modified to run solely on specifically ethanol. for that purpose. Specifically for that purpose, and they run just fine on it. They got a little higher fuel flows because the ethanol's got a lower heat content than the gasoline, which is an issue with this ninety-four UL apparently compared to hundred lowland. It's got a lower heat content, so it's going to take a little bit more to go as far. Uh, what bothers me here is that demonstrating this suddenly makes the whole, to me, suddenly you know gives people the opportunity to say, well, well, why are we bothering with alternative fuels? We can just use a new form of petroleum here without the lead, and it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, okay, if that's a bridge to the to the next generation. But what could be better than getting a domestically producible? Uh, biodegradable, renewable replacement that actually exceeds the heat content of 100 low lead, meets all the other standards, and is not subject to the whims of the petroleum futures market. Right. You're talking about this swift fuel, swift gas. What was it called? Well, that's that's one of them. The swift fuel is one of them. But it's not the only one. Uh-huh. But something like that. Yeah. I would seem to me that's that the have, way to go. Have the but best potential right yeah. now. Anyways, hey, why don't you guys wrap this up for tonight? We'll come back to it later on if we have to. Are we done? Okay, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but there's no question that all that that fuel is a is a big subject for the future of aviation, and it's important. I agree. You know, we're under we 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 are getting picked on from a lot of directions right now. And this is my wrap on this. The last thing we need to have piled on top of everything is a, a worry about being able to get fuel and creating a domestically right. producible, renewable alternative that is not petroleum-based is the best way to make sure that that never happens to us. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hey, uh, reaching the end of our allotted time here, uh, anything else we got to talk about before uh, we uh, wrap this thing up? Well, we haven't, we haven't talked about... Um this uh, Canadian. Yeah, I just have mixed. We could be. Um, we, this this know, is a rat hole, man. We could talk about this. this is, I know it is. This is the um, Canadian student pilot who. The guy's absconded. lucky to still be breathing. That's well, all. He, no, he's, he's probably too. 
he's 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 too stupid in my mind to really be breathing. You know, I, I don't even characterize it that way. This is another one of these really sad stories. Um, um, Aeronet News is leading right now with a story that says that uh, he's now told uh, reporters that he was trying to commit suicide. Um, that his intention was to be shot down by a fighter plane. And, you know, I mean, hearing the story back when it first was in the news, that was my first thought, that clearly this is what the guy was trying to do. He was trying to commit suicide by, by F-16, and, uh, you know, others have made the same comment. It's just a sad story, and David, Dave well, wrote a really, really interesting uh, detailed essay um, about, you know, what ought to be the... Uh, the uh, the result of this yeah. or what shouldn't be the result of this uh, uh, in the uh, UCAP blog and I urge people to take a look at that uh, as of right now it's on the front page of the uh, of the UCAP website but uh, um, it's just a sad story this guy you know, it's just I don't know what do you want to say about this I, I you're, you're saying it. I mean it, it you know I'm, I'm afraid TSA is going to use it against us yeah I mean that's my I don't know what it is they could do to prevent it from happening again Without invading Canada, yeah, and, and it's, but well, and, um, it's going to come back and haunt us down the road. It could. Well, they're 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 already looking for the way to make this haunt us more. They haunt us in our in every waking moment right now. This yeah. is a totally superfluous agency. This is a to, totally stupid agency. This is a a, a too silly in its actions agency. Uh, they keep making up stuff. Yeah, I agree because with you. Because they can conceive and 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 it would have nothing that they've made up so far would have done anything about this guy. Yeah. Right. Nothing. Uh, which is I'm not going to belabor this. I'm not going to repeat my post. Well, the, uh, the only I the only say is that that the yeah. only thing that they can do is that they can if they can convince us that they've got a minority report like device so that they can see a day or so into the future for all of us then they can come up with a system that will stop something like this because otherwise uh they are solely out of luck yeah yeah i mean and and i'm 90% sure i'm 99% certain that on this podcast we're preaching to the choir when we talk about the the uh the excesses well, of the TSA. What 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 spurred my little post here was reading some of the choir talking about. Well, this is a good lesson on why we need to do this and that. Well, and I'm going. Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold it. You're making it sound like this and that wasn't done. Yeah, yeah. This those guy things, those things were done. Everything was legitimate about this guy. Right. This guy would have gone cruising right through the AL. Uh, well, maybe not the LASP, but. But um, all of the right. all of the proposed security stuff for GA, um, he, it, nothing would have been different if he'd been flying a twelve thousand five hundred and one pound. Everything. And again, I'm going to refer people to Dave's post because he makes a very very strong argument and and kind of points out all the different layers and and, and levels to the whole thing. And uh, and I just and I appreciate you noticing it. That's I, very yes, sweet. I absolutely noticed it. He's he been writing some great stuff over there. Anybody got any shout-outs before we play time? Well, I, 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 I'm going to throw out a real quick generic one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this is a shout-out to all the people that think they're going to make a living off of Eclipse, or the remnants thereof. <laughs> Man, I really wish you luck. There are yeah. more of you right now than I think there were Eclipse employees at its peak. Uh, I know a bunch of them aren't going to last the end of the year or maybe the first quarter next year, but my hat's off to you for trying. Yeah, more power That's to them. That's right. That's yep. right. That's it for me. Okay. Jeb? Um, my mechanic, uh, Lee, who's on his way down uh, to work on some airplanes, mine included, um, 
drive safe and, and let's get her done, guy. How long is he going to be around? We're going to see him the week after next. He, he might be around at Sun and Fun. He probably will. He's got a project um, literally across the street, um, helping a uh, couple um, get a an, ex- an experimental clipped wing, fully aerobatic Taylor craft. Ooh, very back cool. in the air. Back very in cool. the air. It needs, needs brakes. It needs. Um, uh, some um, uh, some other work, and uh, so he's he's going to probably spend a couple of weeks on that. Yeah. Well, tell him to stick around. I'll buy him a couple of those beers that I owe you guys. And uh, well, well uh, he he drinks free also. Oh, I see. Different reason. Um, different thing. No, no, okay. No, no, no. What? Different reason. He drinks free from me. I, when I'm around, he doesn't pay for. for Actually, free. I understand that completely. And hey, I, know, I know Lee, and there's a good reason for that. That's so, right. There's a lot of good reasons for that. A good mechanic. I, as far as I can tell, you take good, good care of a good mechanic. I try. Yeah. Anyways, so hey, I try to make sure the leprechaun never goes thirsty. There you go. Hey, definitely time to stick a fork in this one. Uh, we want to send out a big thanks to uh, Dave Shellbetter, who is the chairman of Sun and Fun Radio, uh, and for joining us and for telling us all about some of the fun stuff we're going to see in a couple weeks. You can learn more about the uh, Sun and Fun Fly-In at sun-n-fun.org. Dave Higdon is uh, an aviation photographer. He's also an aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, where can people find you on the Internet? DaveHigdon.biz, AEA.net, AvBuyer.com. Uh, you might stumble over me at a local bar. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to yeah. do a really wild card thing, just Google my name and eliminate the golf and the physicist. There you go. Hey, and Jeb Burnside is an aviation journalist. He's also the currently serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Where can people find you on the Internet, Jeb? AviationSafetyMagazine.com. I don't even want to talk about my personal website. Uh, and, uh, uh, occasionally I'll pop up on, on a- I or my airplane will pop up uh, on AvWeb.com. Do you get like residuals or something like that? You know, every time somebody, you get like another. I, I, you know, that's a good idea. You know, maybe a tenth of a penny or something. That would be good. There you go. There you go. I could go for a beer. <laughs> and I'm Jack Hodgson. <laughs> surprised at that, aren't we? Uh, And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Learn more about me and my work at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Big thanks uh, to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes. Also, thanks to uh, many of our listeners, and particularly to Royce Earl and Mike Morgan for the show opening disclaimer clips. And don't forget that you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the airport restaurants list, the aviation movies list, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, what were you going to say? Live longer, fly more, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's right. That's enough talking for tonight. Let's go flying. TTFN. TTFN.